there are certain things that people are no longer going to stand for. And it's important to be authentic, to be inspirational, and to do work that is considerate of people, our planet, uh, and, and others. Welcome to The Drift the podcast where we get to hear from some of the most extraordinary women and chat on all things business strategy, personal development, leadership, and so much more. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is Sarah Linares, SVP at Optima Insights. Sarah is an experienced strategic thought leader and has led national teams in the broad healthcare system. Now, Sarah is a leader at Optum Insight, where she focuses on providing data and research services to hospitals, physicians, health plans, government, life science companies, and really thinking about the broad spectrum of healthcare. I'm so excited for you all to be able to hear her story and for also Sarah to be able to share such incredible wisdom. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to the chat today. Yeah, likewise. So to go ahead and get us started here, can you share a little bit back about yourself, your background, and how you got to where you are today? You bet. Well, I fell into technology uh, on accident. I thought I would become an artist using my creative skills and ended up in sales and marketing, which turned out to be a fantastic fit for me personally. So it's been 25 years of honing my talent, figuring out the best way to apply that to passion areas for me includes healthcare and helping others. And technology plays a big part of that and developing teams uh, in my leadership uh, and building other leaders as well in that, that last 25 years. That's amazing. I'm curious. So at the intersections of healthcare and technology, my gosh, that is quite a space to be in, especially over the past several of years. What led you to want to be in this space and also working with those two industries in itself? So it, it really happened when I started in technology and learning what industries were lagging in their adoption of technology and healthcare and, and government first responders were an area in the 2000s when I started my career that there was tons of opportunity to go show the way forward, to, to bring that technology into a space that's all about helping people which I'm also passionate about. And in the very beginning of the 2000s, there were a lot of disasters, natural disasters and pandemic preparedness and emergency scenarios that the government was spending money on. So it was a great chance to spend that money very wisely in a way that can drive uh, better communication and, and better responsiveness to people in need all over the United States. That definitely makes sense. And it sounds like this has really been a personal mission of yours too from the very beginning. And as we go through, I mean, I think we speak broadly, right? Healthcare has certainly seen quite an evolution and it experienced a lot of change and technology has been a, a really big component of this change. So talk to me a little bit about your personal mission values, how that ultimately changes and, and, and is also, um, I guess, stays true to your own personal core, right? So stays true to your own personal mission, vision values as the industry changes, as even, even personal seasons of life change. Can you talk me through a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, 20, over 20 years now in this space has led me to learn a lot about myself and over time better understand what gifts 
I have how to hone them and use them for good and also to make money and provide for my family and to become CEO of my dreams, uh, learning to think in abundance and to want and dream more than maybe what I grew up with or, or what I had seen in the neighborhoods that I grew up in. So using this career as a platform allowed me to take those skills and figure out how to deliver them to the world in a way that helps others as well as helps myself. So I'll uh, tell you that learning about myself came through some failures. It came through unexpected changes in my career. Uh, maybe like a lot of people who could be listening with all the layoffs happening right now, there's people facing some things that I've had to face in my past where you're in part, you just need another job and career you know, has to move forward. And on the other hand, it's an opportunity to say, wait a minute, what do I want? What's important to me? And those things went from being young to just focused on how much money I can make and where I wanted to live to who I wanted to work for, what kinds of things I wanted to do with my time, what are my terms of when and how I want to work to be productive and feeling empowered that I can make those choices and that I can attract things that fit my preferences as I shape my career and that I'm also allowed to make changes, uh, make make decisions about what I want to change about my career, whether it's building something totally different, um, new skills, or changing the kind of work I do, that that's okay. I don't have to box myself into a, a certain narrative. Uh, I can change that narrative as I go. That definitely makes sense. And my goodness, it sounds like you've had an extraordinary amount of, I guess, enlightenment is probably the best way to describe it right now. There's probably a better word for it. So I'm curious for those that you know might be going through some tough challenges or are in a position where they're reevaluating their career or or perhaps where they wanted to be able to focus their time on professionally, what advice would you have for them? Are there any tools that have helped you along the way? Yeah, think knowing yourself, uh, there's plenty of online free assessments that I've used, and there's also cases where my company has sponsored a program, such as recently Strength Finders is one that I did, and it, it affirms things that I know, it reveals some blind spots, and helps me to actually have an asset I could share with employers, uh, pers prospective employers that says, this is what I'm all about. This is what I'm really great at. This is what you can expect when working with me and allows me to figure out how to communicate with others that have different strengths and how to use that diversity to help uh, further my career, to get my job done, you know, and to be innovative in how I go about it. I love it. One thing that I'm curious about, just hearing your perspectives on personal development and aligning individual values is we always try to think about from a strategic, almost like HR, but quite frankly, just business concept is we always want to try to find team members who align their own personal mission and vision values to the company's commission vision values. And that's how ultimately we're able to develop a really nice collaborative team to establish our kind of strategic objectives and goals. So what advice or thoughts do you have as as we think about culture development and building teams and 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 developing our people, right? And ensuring that we do have like-minded aligned values. So I was thinking about communication as a center stone of how you share those vision, mission and values. 
when you do it very well and you give people freedom to work within that major framework and not uh, be too too prescriptive on how to go about it, then you end up allowing that garden to you know, to blossom that you've created, which can include this great diverse talent pool. And they, they're given the right to bring their best self to work, to leverage all those talents, whether they knew them inherently or took a strength finder to figure that out. They have the autonomy and they end up, because you've planted different types of plants in this garden, they all mature and grow into what they're supposed to be. And it's not a single row of roses. And that's what makes it beautiful. So that would be back to the cornerstone of strong communication and leadership that allows you to take that talent and let them do what they need to do without too much prescribing the how. Yeah, it really comes to it comes to mind this concept of leadership versus management. And in the world of leadership, the really main focus is being able to inspire a change and being able to inspire action. And that in itself should be able to attract you know, like-minded team members who are aligned on their own personal values to help ultimately be able to meet those company strategic objectives. So kind of flipping the script over to the executive side, and it's funny, I think you and I had chatted about this um, early on of we place so much emphasis, and you know, as we should, right, on leadership development for our team members, but equally as important is also leadership development opportunities for our executive team members and executive leadership. So one thing that I'm curious about is, you know, your general perspectives on executive development, what might be important as a leader, what are important qualities that a leader should have, especially in this, my goodness, very changing environment, or it could even be in your perspective of just being inside healthcare? Yeah. Well, I'll, in terms of the type of leader, I'm so intrigued by millennial. I'm kind of geriatric millennial myself and Gen Z because they're standing up for who they want to work for. A company brand has a reputation. Uh, the leaders have reputation. The executive suite has to build that reputation, whether you're in a big public company or it's your own small business. You need to be aware that there are certain things that people are no longer going to stand for. And it's important to be authentic, to be inspirational, and to do work that is considerate of people, our planet, uh, and and others. Uh, it's just amazing the shift and power that people have in uh influencing that change and choosing where they want to work and leaders need to rise up and show those qualities and demonstrate those values to continue to be attractive place to work or a brand to follow or a brand to buy from. So authenticity, um, having you know integrity as part of the core value and demonstrating that in all of your actions and uh, balancing kind of this American greed with this importance to take care of your planet and the people on it. And really showing up uh, and being true to that. Simple things, though, when you're on an executive growth journey that I think we take for granted is how important uh, mental health is. And as an executive, continuing to get training and coaching in order to be your best self. It's hard to be your best self every 
single day when you're faced with tough decisions, adversity, challenges, and pressures. Um, and if you're someone who's going through a layoff or going through uh, changes like I am, going through a, a merger and into Optum where everything's changing around me as Change Healthcare becomes part of Optum, you really need to find your balance uh, keep yourself in a strong mental place so that you can bring that strength to your team and inspire them to go do the same for their customers and their other colleagues. That completely makes sense. It reminds me of a conversation that you and I had on is from an executive perspective, right? Once you get to that title or that role, that position, it's incredible. Like we work so incredibly hard in order to reach that milestone However, there's, there's still challenges, there's still adversity that we have to be able to overcome. And we talked about this concept of climbing that next mountain. Talk to me a little bit, I mean, especially because you're right in the middle of it right now. You know, what's been helping you? What resources have you been using? Any like ideals that you've come across that you're like, okay, this is, this is how we can get through this. Any thoughts on that? Yes. Well, uh, first, this whole second mountain uh, is actually a book. And I became introduced to this concept in my Nashville Healthcare Council Fellows Executive Program, where we, I, I just met tons of people and we studied what we want to do with ourselves and our talents. And the second mountain is after you've climbed, whether it's a VP title, a CEO, or it's not a title at all, everyone's got something that that they're striving for. And the people that do and, and achieve it, you're like, all right, now what? And the second mountain is that next thing. And for many people, it's about giving back. And how do you help lift others? Uh, what, that second mountain may not be a material object or a career or a status of income or wealth. It shifts to what you can give back, what impact you can have on this planet in the time that you have. So the second mountain, you know, for me, just really makes sure that my values and uh, are, um, my boundaries exist around those values with everything that I do. And how do I use my influence, my role, and how does my future align to giving back as much as possible. So for me in healthcare, it's focusing on mental health, um, equity and inclusion, access to care, underserved populations, and working on as many projects as I can that I know will reach that audience and start to have a greater impact measurably in my lifetime. Sure. It really sounds like you're incredibly purpose-driven and are aligning your personal values into everything that you do professionally. So thank you for that. Final question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is desiring to be a future entrepreneur or executive, what would you tell them? I think Chief is a fantastic program to follow and hopefully learn from women who are in that program. I was able to be part of that. And it's shaping how women should be thinking about what an executive even is. And that has improved and shifted quite substantially since when I was, you know, just out of high school trying to imagine my career. And if I remember thinking of myself, I was on a train, I lived in Chicago at the time, and seeing all these women in suits. And I just was like, I want to be that. I want to wear a suit. I want to be in business. It was something I wanted. Um, a lot of it was imitating men for a large part of my career. And how do I compete? And how do I, um, 
become that. It was imitating men who were in those positions because there just weren't as many women that were the role model. And that's shifted. It's not where we need to be. But I think Chief helped me realize it reshaped that bias in my mind of what a female leader could look like and how they need to show up. And in one of the talks, it was a woman saying, you don't need to come and try to be the same as the predecessor or do it the same way or try to fit in. It's, that's not what it's about. You are bringing yourself to this room. That changes the room. It's matter entering another space. It's changing it. So don't change yourself. You change the situation because that's why you're needed. So I think that's, that's what I would pursue as chief and, and members of chief to become mentors and to be able to really follow people that are in these leadership roles so that you have a role model to look up to. Oh, I love it. Really thinking about mentorship and opening up opportunities on the pathway to leadership because it's not a linear journey. There's so many ways to get there. Well, thank you, Sarah, for your time. Looking to hear more practical applications of leadership, personal, and team development, subscribe to this podcast, and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.